Welcome, Traveler, to Lo-Fi Tales, Episode 1. These are short horror stories set in the world of Hallowtide. Content may not be appropriate for all audiences, and listener discretion is advised. For tonight's episode, we're returning to Merwald for a little story entitled By the Wildergon's Light. I do not remember the before time when I was simply empty. Bone, branch, and leather joined by some craftsman trying to give face to a god. I have no idea how long I waited there, hollow and alone, as I was toyed with by the wind and beaten by the rain. All I know is my first memory is of a woman far too old for the rights of the hunt or the workings of blood. Holding on to my arms for support as she lowered herself to the ground at my feet. She spoke, and something began to flicker inside me. It hurt, like a wasp on the inside, and I wanted to crush it so that I might return to my sleep. But I continued to flutter and sting until it woke up an entire hive beneath my ribs. Then, sleep was forever replaced by my first understanding of pain. If the woman saw, she did not give any sign as she continued her prayer. I did not understand words yet, as I was much a child as something born of binding flesh, but I could feel what she spoke of. She spoke the old tongue of a great forest, and it was as much entwined within me as a stolen sinew that held my bones in place. She talked of her husband who had broken his leg and been taken by sickness, but she did not pray for his return. She told me of her two grown children who had been lost to war with a rival tribe. Even her grandchildren knew the inside of the earth while she still walked upon it, but she did not come to call ghosts. The woman did not want youth or succor or any of the countless gifts others asked of their many prowling gods of horn and fang. This woman whose name I would never learn, for she had buried all who would speak it, wasn't asking for anything from me, but giving thanks for the gifts that had already been received. Yes, she was alone now, but she had known love. She was old now, but she had known youth. She was weak now, but her strength had been spent to its fullest and been returned to her in wisdom. Now, it was her turn to pay back the garden for the gift that she had borrowed. She wasn't really thanking me at all. I, a hollow thing of stolen bone, was only a mask for the lady of the deepest earth and blackest crop. Still, a debt is a debt, and I was to be its collector. As she finished her story, she smiled up at me and calmly ran a blade up the veins of her wrists. She held me again, and I felt her life thrum to nothing. I had been alive for only a span of moments, but I already knew pain and death, even if I was only to bear mute witness to it. The beginnings of fire had stirred in my chest. I could not move at first. In many, many cycles of the silver moon before my limbs started to bend, yet the people could see my light begin to shine, and they would come to me. Lone pilgrims at first, like the old woman, desperate and in need. My light was dim, but it was just enough to peel back the shadows if one stood upon my shoulder. They could see things in that space beyond my threshold. 
Sometimes it would be what they wanted to see. A deeper world with things beyond the pain and the toil. A bigger world that stretched overhead with a million stars that swarmed and danced like fireflies. They would see their gods and would have faith, and these folks would fall to my soil with tears and offerings. I don't know why they left me the blood, the flesh, the bone, because I could not eat. But I was somehow stronger for it, and as my rot would take their bounty, my light would grow, bit by bit. Others saw their gods as well, but they screamed and they pissed themselves down my back when they saw what faces their deities wore. These folks would not give any offerings to my rot. They would run selfishly into the night, ignorant of the blessings they had received, and I felt anger at this. It was one such as this who taught me how to really kindle my growth. I remember that he was the youngest one yet, still in the prime of his life, without any real scars to speak of. He smelled of sweat, meat, and mating, and his smile was so blinding I was surprised he could even see my lantern. The young man said no words of greeting, just swung right up to my branches and placed his foot upon my brow. I was not a guide to him, but a conquest for his pride. He swayed with a clouding spirit's men favor, and I found myself praying for his fall. This youth did not want to see the gods. He wanted them to see him. He whooped and yelled and sung to what was not the heavens so that something was sure to notice and behold him in all his mortal glory. And his wish was granted. He went rigid the color draining from his tanned skin to as white as death itself. He didn't scream like the others had. No, he whimpered like a wounded pup, and his eyes tried to look away, but those things that were mine to show had shoved their fingers beneath his eyelids and made him behold. They held him there as his eyes turned bloodshot and tears ran down his cheeks in great rivers to rain down upon me. Then, all at once, his muscles spasmed, and his limbs were once again his own. He was scrambling down me quick as he could, falling flat on his rump, as he kicked at the earth to try to put as much distance between himself and the truth as he possibly could, and I felt anger at this. Who was this boy, daring to run where elders picked their steps? Who was this child to spit in the face of gods and be granted wisdom in return? Even now, his mind struggled to forget what the faithful spent their whole lives trying to learn. I did not make a choice to move. It was this anger that guided my hand, and before I even knew it, the boy's neck was clutched between my fingers. For a moment, I was as stunned as he was. Of course, I knew death and pain. I was born of it, but it always been the act of another, a choice for those who had come to my feet, and I could see the weight of that choice upon them. But for me, it was effortless. Just a pull and a twist, and the boy who dared spit at gods lay crumpled at my feet. My rot took him in what felt like moments. 
pulling the strength from his every muscle and bone and using it to stoke my fire. Where once had been a candle, a torch now burned inside me, and now I felt a pain that demanded company. A pain I would learn to be called hunger. I can't count how many lives I've taken to fuel my fire. For a while, my lantern was a bonfire, and I never wanted for sacrifice. They would dress themselves up before coming to lay their bodies at my feet. They could see the stars eternal from where their spirits burned inside me, and I think that was peace enough for most of them. But that time was long ago. My fire grows dim, but I only feed it enough to keep it from growing out completely. The wasps have grown so angry and so loud I can barely hear myself. It's my turn to pay my debt to the Lady of Deepest Earth and Blackest Crop. I only wait for the ones who be my unmakers. We hope you've enjoyed tonight's episode of Low Fire Tales. Join us next week for the continuation of the actual play. If you like what you're hearing, please search us out on social media and support the cause over at Patreon. May we share a fire again soon.